1: and welcome to a very special podcast this is the hero dogs podcast brought to you by perhaps it's you i feel like we need
0: some triumphant
1: music dun, da, 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 i'm so excited so this is our first we're
0: calling it a mini although it's really taking the place of a regular episode so i'm not sure if that really
1: counts but it's a we're smaller going with it. episode that's not a Minnesota, it's a pup cast. That's right. It's its own thing. It's its own thing. <laughs> Inspired by a segment of Unsolved Mysteries about hero dogs. We're bringing We're really you, trying to be a, a dog podcast.
0: We're bringing you more <laughs> hero dogs. That's what we're doing. Yes. So... You actually might hear some dogs in the background of this episode because Lenny and Curtis are being real active today. They're they're not heroes. I'm gonna say they're heroes of my heart. Well, that's true. So that was if you just heard some tinkling, that was <laughs> Curtis trotting by with his little tags, a jingling away, which was fine. Look at this is real life. We're podcasting in a kitchen right now.
1: Anyway, we're not a, in a this studio. Is the, uh, this is the
0: podcast room now. <laughs> I
1: never there's, eat in here. There's
0: dogs here. Liz has a husband. Like you're gonna
1: hear some sounds. <laughs> that's how just how it goes but we're here to discuss heroic dogs just yes. like robert stag would want us to we
0: had so much fun researching and talking about hero dogs in our last regularly scheduled episode of unsolved mysteries that we thought which episode was that that was episode nine of season three and it was just called hero dog stories we call it hero dog stories hoping to get more clicks <laughs> We thought we would break the internet without it. We one. thought we would, we'd really figured out the algorithm. I don't know that we've gotten more <laughs> downloads
1: than we usually do, we, we like, definitely haven't gotten less. <laughs> so <laughs> I think we may have overestimated people searching for hero dogs under unsolved mysteries. But, but you know, uh, whatever. That's a problem with society. <laughs> And not a problem with us, (laughs) because people should absolutely be searching for that. All the time, every day. Yeah. Every second of every day.
0: Hero docs. Yeah, so we decided to talk about, we each picked two stories. Do you want
1: me to start? Yes, I would. Okay, thank you. That's Samantha, by the way. I'm Liz. Oh yeah, we haven't even introduced ourselves. I hope this is not the very first episode of something we've done that you've listened You're to. You tuned in
0: wanting us to talk about Unsolved Mysteries and we're talking about dogs? Which yeah, this is usually weird. an
1: Unsolved Mysteries rewatch podcast. But Remember that time we talked about Bar Rescue, that show on Spike? <laughs> yeah, that made sense within the context of our <laughs> podcast. You have to listen to the podcast to understand. And, oh hi Curtis, and now we're talking about Hero Dogs because Robert Stack held her- a puppy hero in our last episode. told us about a um a service dog? dog that was able to predict seizures harley r.i.p harley r.i.p harley the hero that he was did we tell you even more hero dog stories sure did. yes did sergeant we, stubby did we find even more stories we want to talk about Yes. so that's why we're here today for the podcast of course we did did i say my name's liz it
0: is and i'm samantha liz is petting curtis right now lenny's here somewhere we got dogs in the room this we is festive dogs. it's almost the holidays we're feeling great podcast. Yeah, we're here for the podcast. I'm I'm just going to keep saying that word. (laughs) And if you like this, let us know. We might do
1: more. I'm going to insist we do more.
0: (laughs) There's there's, lots of hero dogs to talk about. Whether you like it or not. To my knowledge, there's not a hero dog podcast. Even though that's what we said about Unsolved Mysteries and there was like four of them. (laughs) Whatever.
1: We're just dumb. (laughs) We're just bad at finding podcasts, I think. (laughs) I guess. Okay, so I picked the victory dogs. Have you heard of this? No. So this the, is another great thing about this topic, is that I know nothing about it, so every story delights me.
0: <laughs> so, the Victory Dogs
1: were the dogs rescued from Michael Vick's dogfighting ring. Oh.
0: Which is a very sad story, but it has a very happy ending. Okay. So, I, in particular, I wanted to talk about one Victory Dog who lived in Minnesota. Um, but then I thought I would give kind of a primer on all of the Victory Dogs, because it's a great story. Okay. And I followed them from, like, the moment that they were seized to, like... I don't know if any of them are still alive. That was quite a while ago. Many of them died of old age. Um, there may be a couple still around, but um, this, I mean, this was a while ago. Hi, Curtis. Kurt, this is the second time Curtis has jumped up on my lap. Today is a magical day.
1: <laughs> he knows we're talking about
0: hero dogs. Are you
1: here for the podcast, Curtis? Sure is. Popcast, Popcast, He needs little
0: Popcast. headphones <gasps> so he can participate in the podcast I did buy bilineous
1: water today. Oh. He's going to hate You better it. post a photo on He's our hate social media. He's going to hate so much.
0: Okay, so I took a lot of this information from bestfriends.org, which is an animal sanctuary, I believe, in Utah. This is what Best Friends has to say. Though bred to compete in the fighting ring, the dogs rescued from the property of professional football player Michael Vick went on to become champions of resiliency. Their astonishing courage proved that there's no such thing as too damaged or beyond hope, and that no dog is inherently vicious, no matter the breed or the background dogs endured cruelty that most people would find unimaginable which is true and sadly when the dogs were finally discovered by the authorities they were in danger of being killed so here is the thing the precedent at the time if a dog fighting ring was busted and the animals were seized they became essentially evidence in the case and as soon as the legal proceedings finished regardless of the outcome the animals were euthanized because they were deemed to be just too dangerous you couldn't adopt them out it was too much of a risk um pit bulls are usually the dogs that are used in these fighting rings, and they already have a bad rap for a variety of reasons. Many of them racist. There's a stigma associated with the breed, and if, they, if they have been participants in dogfighting, um, they have been deemed to be too dangerous to adopt or rehabilitate at all. But when Michael Vick's dogfighting ring was, you know, when he was apprehended and when his dogs were seized, a bunch of rescue organizations stepped up and asked to be given a chance to rehabilitate them. This is a very truncated version of the story. Um, If you want to get the whole story, I highly recommend a documentary called The Champions, which will warm your heart. It is the sweetest thing ever. (laughs) It was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, Um, but it's really, really good, and it tells their whole story. But anyway, all of these organizations, including Best Friends, stepped up and said, give us a chance to rehabilitate them, and the court said yes. And they were able to rehabilitate and adopt out almost 100% of the dogs. So 51 dogs were rescued. 22 of them were deemed to be so traumatized that they went to Best Friends Animal Sanctuary to be rehabilitated. And only two of the dogs, they had to work pretty hard to get them to trust people again and to be social with other animals. But in the end, only two were ordered by the courts to remain at the sanctuary for the rest of their lives. But all of the other ones were adopted out. Many went on to earn Canine Good Citizen certificates. Some went on to become service dogs and therapy dogs. And all of them were Adopted by families. And the one I wanted to talk about was Hector, because Hector came to Minnesota. So Hector the Pitbull was rehabilitated by a different organization, not best friends, but he was adopted by Rue Yori and Clara Yori. They took Hector back to Minnesota and gave him a loving home and a fresh start at a new life. He became a certified therapy dog. He passed his AKC Good Citizens test multiple times and the ATTS temperament test. He frequently visited hospitals and nursing homes spreading love and awareness about his breed wherever he went. The This overachieving pup visit, visited elementary schools to teach children about compassion, empathy, and how to safely act around dogs. And I wanted to show you this picture of him. Aww. where he's surrounded by elementary he's school
1: kids Easter bunny ears. <laughs> it's the cutest thing. What a vicious fighting machine. <laughs> Isn't he the cutest? He's going to rip off their faces.
0: And Hector's guardians also adopted a dog who would be known as Wallace the pitbull. There's a book about him. Um, he was rescued from a closed puppy mill and adopted by a police officer, Aww. but then he was given up by that owner and in 2005 was rescued by Rue and Clara from an animal shelter in Rochester. And um, there he was at risk of euthanasia because he was a pit bull and those dogs are often euthanized in shelters. Wallace went on to become a world champion disc dog in a sport that is traditionally dominated by purebred border collies. Wallace changed the breed stereotype and inspired many. So unfortunately, Hector and Wallace both died of old age. They had, um, I think Hector tragically had, like, a very severe form of cancer. Hmm. But he was a successful therapy dog. A lot of these dogs went on to become therapy dogs because their owners wanted them to be sort of an ambassador for the breed and to say, mm-hmm. hey, these dogs can be rehabilitated. They're not a lost cause just because not someone like forced here. them to
1: fight. Lenny here. <laughs> True lost cause.
0: Don't listen to her, Lenny.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to pat him with my foot while recording. <laughs> listen, this is the uh, pup cast. We can uh, do that do we do that every time we
0: record? Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> so I love the story of the Victory Dogs. Yeah. There's a lot of books written about them. I highly Man. recommend the documentary the what Champions. Intense, They're so sweet. Story. And yeah, Hector lived in Minnesota um, with Wallace. And Okay,
1: who do you think we talked to to get a statue of Hector made?
0: I have no idea, but we need to figure it out. Maybe there's one in the works. Who knows? Do you know where in Minnesota he lived? It was somewhere in the west side of the cities I think. Hmm. But I'm not A hundred percent sure. Or maybe it was near St. Cloud.
1: I I might be making that I feel like we need to go to a city council meeting and, like, propose it. Yeah. You should make a statue of Hector.
0: We totally should. That would be so cute. And he should be wearing the bunny ears in his statue. Well, yeah,
1: how else will you know it's (laughs) him?
0: So cute. I love this picture. Yeah, how vicious is this dog? Surrounded by little kids wearing bunny ears. I thought we could raise the money
1: to pay for the statue. We should. That would be great. We just need the city permission to put it up. Yeah. Let's do it. I, I'm probably, like, unleashing some horrible <laughs> can worms that I don't even know. All right. Do you want to go next or do you want me to do another one? Ah, uh, Samantha, tell me, his t- tell me his tale. Spin me a yarn, Samantha. Okay, so the next dog I picked is not very
0: obscure at all. I picked Balto. Are you shaking your head like you don't know who Balto is? I don't know who Balto is. Oh, my God. Is. You and my husband.
1: My husband also doesn't know who Balto is. It sounds like no one Are knows you who he fucking is. fucking kidding me? Except you. You
0: never watched the animated movie, Balto?
1: Okay. We're not friends anymore. I've never heard of that in my life. Oh, go watch Numbers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm... (laughs) It's so hard for me to believe that anyone doesn't know the story of Balto. So this is great. I'm glad I picked him.
1: I I don't know anything about this topic. Every story is a new delight. Okay, so in
0: January 1925, doctors realized that a potentially deadly diphtheria epidemic was poised to sweep through Nome, Alaska's young people. The only serum that could stop the outbreak was in Anchorage, Alaska. The engine of the only aircraft that could quickly deliver the medicine was frozen and would not start. After considering all of the alternatives, officials decided to move the medicine via multiple dog sled teams. The serum <laughs> of was... <course>. Trans- <laughs> the only way medicine should ever be moved! You need to watch the animated film Balto after. When did this
1: movie come out?
0: A long time ago. Hmm. But what? I remember watching it non-stop as a child. I've never even heard of this it's in like, my life. Did you ever watch The Fox and the Hound? Yeah. It's very much like that. Only about Balto. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Only... It's called Balto. It's about the thing it's about. Except <laughs> for that.
0: <laughs> the serum was transported by train from Anchorage to Ninan. and... and uh, I yep, probably uh-huh. pronounced that wrong. Where the first musher embarked as part of a relay aimed at delivering the needed serum to Nome. More than 20 mushers took part facing a blizzard with negative 23 degrees Fahrenheit temperatures and strong winds. But this is, this is a life-saving mission. There's kids dying. They need to get this medicine to Gnome. If you're familiar with the Iditarod, Gnome is the last stop. And it's very remote... Um, and these mushers were familiar with the route because they had done the Iditarod. So they were basically okay. doing an Iditarod race But for to No Alaska. And they were doing it in stages. Because Iditarod is very long. It takes place over many days. And they have to stop and make camp and do all these things. It's not just a straight shot. So they were doing it as a
1: relay to get there as fast as possible. So you thought doing a relay r- race in school was stupid and a waste of time. <laughs> and that they had no practical implications in real life. Wrong. You may need to use that concept Dogs to carry medicine. Exactly. So Balto was the lead
0: dog in his team. He navigated the trail, leading his team in near whiteout conditions. His uh, musher or handler, I'm not really sure how this all works, um, was a man by the name of Kaysen, I think. I'm not sure if that was his first or last name. He stated that he could barely see his hand in front of his face, meaning that Balto's team did their leg of the run almost entirely in the dark. The team. How come Balto gets all the credit? Because he was the lead dog. What were the most important. What about the other dogs? All the dogs follow Balto. I don't know anything about dog sledding. But I think the lead dog What are their names? How many are there? Balto's friends. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they were heroic too. Not to take anything away from them, but Balto's the most important.
1: I like that you were so bad. I had never heard
0: of Balto. There's all these other dogs. I, no, one, no one knows the name of every dog on the team. Everyone knows Balto. <laughs>
1: no, clearly not. Because neither me nor Travis have any idea what you're talking about. All
0: of our listeners are shaking their heads at you.
1: No, you are outvoted right now.
0: Benny, <laughs> have you ever heard of Balto? Of course he hasn't. He's a dog. <laughs>
1: Thanks for pointing that out to
0: me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> he's not putting the Balto VHS
1: wait it was old enough that it came out on VHS <laughs> so I
0: told you I watched this child how young do you think I am young too young that's how young I think I you think are I think I still have my I'm, Balto VHS I'm surprised
1: you watched anything on VHS <laughs> I
0: watched a lot I'm sure my mom still has my Balto VHS. What about All
1: Dogs Go to Heaven?
0: I have that on VHS, 100%. Oh, we did too. Just checking.
1: So. So (laughs) Did I make my grandfather, who was a minister, watch that movie with me as a child? He was not pleased. (laughs)
0: Not happy about all dogs go to heaven. Okay, so Balto and his team reached the end of their leg, and the team that was supposed to compete the final leg and take over for them were asleep when they arrived. So Kaysen made the the decision uh, to take over the final leg and to continue on. And on February second, nineteen twenty five, Who the fuck were were these dogs that were just asleep? The handler was asleep. I'm assuming the dogs were also asleep. It was the middle of the night. Um, And they couldn't be woken up due to sleeping powder. Kaysen drove his team, led by Balto, into Nome, bringing the much-needed serum and saving many lives. In Nome, everyone wanted to thank Kaysen at first, but he suggested giving the fame to Balto. So there is some controversy because, <laughs> oh, of course, the longest and most hazardous stretch of the run was actually covered by another Norwegian <gasps> musher named Leonard sepala and his dog team, who was led by a dog named Togo. And I had never heard of Togo before.
1: Balto gets all the credit historically. Oh. I'm sorry, you've never heard of Togo. I mean, I'm gonna cut you. <laughs> Uh, I think we've all heard of Togo, right, listeners? Yeah, we knew the dog that did the hardest part. That stupid Balto. I mean, it doesn't sound like any of it was easy, but yeah, Togo did do the hardest part. Yeah, Togo, a dog I'd totally heard of before, and my favorite hero dog, (laughs) Togo, who I totally knew about. Togo was the star dog for Leonard
0: even before the Great... 1925 serum run, instead of celebrating the triumph together as one huge team, many became jealous of the publicity Balto received, especially from President Calvin Coolidge and the press. Um, There's just a lot of things about how they didn't go to ceremonies together.
1: Damn President Coolidge. And then Balto's story has
0: sort of a sad, like... Turn, Samantha, but then no. a happy ending. So, Samantha, no. Balto was neutered at a young age, so he wasn't able to be bred. So somehow he and the rest of his, t- or a lot of his teammates, ended up being sold to the highest bidder and ended up at like a small novelty museum and freak show in Los Angeles. They were like neglected. Mm. It was not great. But then, uh, while he was visiting Los Angeles. George Kimball, a former uh, prize fighter turned businessman from Cleveland, was shocked to discover the dogs were unhealthy and badly treated. Mr. Kimball worked together with the newspaper The Plain Dealer to bring Balto and his team to Cleveland, Ohio, on March 19th, 1927. Balto and six companions were brought to the cl- to Cleveland and given a hero's welcome in a triumphant parade. The dogs were then taken to the Brookside Zoo where they lived a happy rest of their lives. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah, I love the story of Balto and that was I wanted to talk about it because it's one of my favorite childhood movies and I just thought everyone knew about Balto, but yeah, my husband didn't. Wait, why were you, you going to tell
1: me about it if you thought I already knew?
0: Because I wanted to talk about it with our listeners. I figured you knew it, but apparently I was wrong. Yeah, you were real wrong. <laughs> and you should feel bad. You should also get a Balto tattoo. I don't know that I love Balto that much, but. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. you could get a Togo tattoo and I'll get a Balto tattoo. <laughs> oh, I already
1: have one. <laughs> Just what you know. All right, are you going to talk about some more Hero Dogs? It's right on my rump. Okay. Surprise. Twist. Everyone, did I keep chanting Pupcast? So you were like, oh, can't wait to hear all these stories about dogs. Uh this is when things get wild because i have two stories things get real wild hold on to your seats i hope hope you're sitting down motherfuckers because i have two stories about hero bears (laughs) that's right our resident librarian megan sent me two stories about motherfucking hero bears to accompany these dog hero stories and I've never been more happy to be alive. Are you ready? I'm never been more ready. You are sitting down, which oh, is good. That's true. Because this is gonna blow your fucking mind. <laughs> okay, first story is about Wojtek, who was a Polish. He's also referred to as the soldier bear. You can see him here. In this Wikipedia article. He's a lot smaller of a bear than He was in this is in nineteen forty two. He's smaller than that man who's standing next to him. Yep. He was from Iran. Okay. So he was a Syrian brown bear. I don't know if this picture is him as a cub or not, but he was he was bought as a young cub at a railroad at a railway station in Iran. Used <laughs> to being sold there. Buy bears at a railway station. Yeah, he was bought by Polish
0: soldiers. Who among us? Headless.
1: Yeah, who among us <laughs> hasn't been at a train station and you're going to pick up like I don't know an egg salad sandwich to eat on the train, and then you see a bear for sale and you're like. Actually I'll get that bear. (laughs) (laughs) Who cares what I'll do with it or how I'll keep it from transport it? Yeah. Seems incredibly dangerous. But anyway, they bought a bear. They were soldier they were the Polish two corps who had just been evacuated from the Soviet Union. In order to uh, provide rations and transportation, the Bear was actually officially listed as a soldier with the rank of private and was subsequently promoted to corporal oh. because it was illegal to have mascots or pets. Okay. So, so they, they had to <laughs> make him a soldier. So they were like, oh, Makes no, no, sense. no. He's not a mascot or a pet. He's a soldier. He's a goddamn soldier. And then apparently everybody went, oh, okay. <laughs> so he accompanied the bulk of this uh, outfit to Italy where he served with the twenty second artillery supply company during the Battle of Mont Cassino in Italy in nineteen forty four. Do I know anything about he that? He served with them. What did he do? No. He helped move crates of ammunition. Oh, okay. And he eventually A bear would be good at that, yes! but they're really strong. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I just like the idea if you didn't know that, and I don't... I guess you're just, like, walking around the war. I don't know. But you, you just, just see like, see a bear, see a a bear moving ammunition. Just, I'm picturing
0: someone who just got
1: there their first day. They got their gun.
0: It's brand yeah. new and shiny.
1: And then just a bear They're <laughs> like, uh, slowly walks past This is past not them. what I signed up for. Okay, I don't know any... I don't... Rochelle's going to be so mad. I don't know anything about this battle or this conflict or anything. Nope. So I'm assuming this bear was a hero. Maybe this was bad that he did this. I honestly have no idea. But but it's kind of a cool story that a bear was a private in the army. (laughs) Um, So he was somewhat of a celebrity and he would visit with generals and statesmen. After the war and serving his time in the Polish army, he eventually lived out the rest of his life at the Edinburgh Zoo in Scotland. Uh, So there's, here, I'm reading off Wikipedia. In the spring of 1942, the newly formed Anders' army left the Soviet Union for Iran, accompanied by thousands of Polish citizens who had been deported to the Gulag camps following the Soviet invasion of Poland in 1939. During the stop, the soldiers encountered a young Kurdish boy who had found a bear after its mother had been shot by hunters. One of the civilian refugees in their midst, an 18-year-old Irina Borskovich, was very taken with the cub and she prompted Lieutenant someone to buy the young bear, who spent the next three, week, three months in a Polish refugee g- camp in august the bear was deported to the second transportation company which later became the 22nd rh hill supply company blah 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 and he was given the name volvek by the soldiers which is sort of a nickname for a name that means happy warrior and is still commonly used in poland um he initially had problems swallowing so the soldiers fed him condensed milk from an old vodka bottle (laughs) He was subsequently given fruit, marmalade, honey, and syrup, and was often rewarded with beer, which became his favorite drink. (laughs) Not surprising. He also enjoyed smoking or eating cigarettes. Okay. He loved wrestling with the soldiers. That seems dangerous. The past is so weird, everybody. (laughs) The present, fucking weird. The past, (laughs) weird. Giving bears cigarettes and wrestling them. Weird. Weird. Okay, and he became an unofficial mascot for all the units, state, <clears throat> all the units nearby. Here is like the, here is a logo of the bear <laughs> holding an artillery shell, which was like their logo. Okay. Um, they got him onto a British transport ship um, from England so that he could fight alongside the British Eighth Army in the Italian campaign. He, wow. Yeah, this is when he was made a private, and um, he was given his own paybook, rank, and serial number. He lived with other men in tents, or in a special wooden... <laughs> Did he have his own cot? He was a he was a private. <laughs> he even had a number and a paybook. I, they had to pretend like they paid him, <laughs> even though he was a bear. <laughs> they paid him in cigarettes. They paid him in cigarettes and wrestles. I don't know. Um, yeah, and which... Which a, or a special wooden crate that they transported by truck according to numerous accounts he would help carry a hundred pound crates of artillery shells and he never dropped a single one so there you go and then there's the logo of him holding the artillery shell and then after the war some brothers who were working on this farm i don't know, eventually he ended up in scotland in the zoo where he spent the rest of his life, often visited by journalists and foreman, po- former Polish soldiers, some of whom would toss him cigarettes, which he would per- f- proceed to eat because there was no one to light them for him. <laughs> oh, the media! Bears. The media contributed to his popularity. He was a frequent guest on the BBC program Blue Peter for <laughs> children. Okay. He died in 1963 at the age of 21. Well, it seems like he lived a full life. I don't know how the average life expectancy of bears is. I mean, maybe he shouldn't have been smoking all those cigarettes, but (laughs) there's many memorials to him. You can see at the Imperial War Museum in London. Um, There's a wooden sculpture to him. Also, Um, in Krakow, there's a statue to him in Jordan Park. So, as I would like, there are statues, Oh, good. There should, should just- be a statue to
0: every single one of these. <laughs> to the
1: They're- hero bear.
0: I believe there's a statue to Balto, and I also believe Balto is stuffed and in a museum somewhere. Ooh. Which, listen, Sergeant Stubby, I've discovered, was also stuffed and is in a museum. That is a creepy, taxidermy Aww. dog, unfortunately. Balto Aww. is not as bad. Like, it's not as creepy looking. Of course you've looked at them. Well, I was looking for photos of Sergeant Stubby to put on Instagram, and that one just comes oh, up a lot. No. It's
1: not great.
0: I'm not a fan of stuffing hero dogs, I will say. No, statues. Build statues
1: to them, yes. Statues, please. Can you hear the sound of two hero the dogs? The resident
0: hero dogs are right extremely now. happy because Mac just got home, and we're just going to let them go because this is the pup cast.
1: Yeah. Pop cast, pop cast, pup cast. Mac, have you ever heard of Balto? Yeah, they made that movie
0: about it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh!
1: max heard of everything
0: yes thank you (laughs) heroic hero of our time balto that liz has never heard of
1: i will once you get that boob tattoo
0: (laughs) oh it's on my boobs now
1: (laughs) a wholesome tattoo to put on your boobs you want it right by your heart (laughs) show us love okay last hero dog that's a bear last hero bear last hero of the pup cast who is actually a bear <laughs> and you may have heard of him his name is winnie the, the Pooh. yes was based on a real bear <laughs> it's like you're covering a cartoon <laughs> you just did He was real <laughs> so was this okay. <laughs> oh by the way back uh samantha and i hate each other now <laughs> A lot happened while you were gone. That's true. The podcast is over. Yeah, we're so done. our last episode. Okay, so we're, we're ending <laughs> with this shit. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. Winnie was a female black bear that lived in the London Zoo from 1915 until her death in 1931. She was rescued by a cavalry veterinarian, Harry Colburn. Winnie is best remembered for inspiring the character Winnie the Pooh. Did she do anything heroic? No. Yes. (laughs) So, this is an American black bear that was born in 1914. I like that they know what year a bear was born. (laughs) That's funny to me. In Ontario, Canada. Okay. So, um, upon the... This is also just straight up from Wikipedia. Uh, Upon the outbreak of World War I in August 1914, Harry Colburn of the Fort Gate gary house a canadian cavalry regiment volunteered his service on 24th of august while en route to the canadian army veterinary corps as part of the canadian Expeditary force he purchased a, again at a train stop what he purchased <laughs> bears at train stops <laughs> all hero bears have been purchased at train stops uh he bought her for twenty dollars twenty dollars yep well, Canadian. Guess, okay. So, and that was a long time ago, too. <laughs> the bear's mother was probably killed in the spring of 1914 when the cub was very young. I like that they're just guessing. Oh, probably. <laughs> and could easily have been socialized to humans. The name of the hunter who sold the bear was pres- presumably provided the bear's early socialization is undocumented. Was he Christopher Robin? Yes. <laughs> Colburn named the bear Winnipeg, Winnie for short, after his home city. Of Winnipeg. Well, Winnie accompanied him all the way to England, becoming the mascot of the CAVC, don't know what that is, and a pet to the 2nd Canadian Infantry Brigade Headquarters. Before leaving for France, Colburn left Winnie at London Zoo. That's super weird. Hey, Zoo, here's this bear. I got a pet bear I bought for $20. <laughs> Here you go. Okay, Winnie's eventual destination was to have been a different uh, the, a zoo in Winnipeg, but at the end of the war, Colburn decided to allow Winnie to remain at the London Zoo, where she was much loved for her playful and gentleness. Among her fans were A.A. Mill's son, Christopher Robin. Oh, okay. Who consequently changed the name of his own teddy bear from Edward the Bear, which only an English child would have such a <laughs> formal bear, Edward Bear, to... Winnie the Pooh, providing the inspiration for his father's stories about Winnie the Pooh. Winnipeg's skull was kept oh. after her death. Where did the poo come from? I don't know. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so just the thing that kids come up with. Yeah. I used to have a koala backpack named Bubble Loop. Okay. So that's probably why <laughs> poo came from. Um, yeah. There if you want to see this bear's skull, okay, fine. Maybe this bear wasn't really that heroic. <laughs> Was bought by a soldier and then lived in a zoo. Okay,
0: but inspired, inspired literature. Sure, that's heroic enough.
1: If you want to see I'll her skull, it. it's in the Ontol- ontological Museum. Sure, at the Royal College of Surgeons in London, and it went on display for the first time in 2015. R.I.P. Winnie, and there are several statues commemorating the bear. Oh, good. They need yeah. statues. I was wondering this, how... This statue is at London Zoo.
0: If Winnie the Bear, who inspired Winnie the Pooh, was a female, how Winnie the Pooh, the character, became a male. But I guess it's because Edward remained a male after he was renamed.
1: Yeah. Like, also, um... Also, he's fiction. He's fiction. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. And, uh um, <laughs> I was like, why couldn't Winnie the Pooh be female? Sexism. Well, that's true. And, Patriarchy. Um, Which character of Winnie the Pooh is your favorite? I always liked Piglet. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That makes sense. What to was me. yours? Eeyore. That makes sense to me. <laughs> no, my mom is an Eeyore and my dad is a piglet. Okay. And I've I've never been able to choose, actually. Do you trust someone whose favorite character is Tigger? No.
0: Wow, well, we have that in common.
1: <laughs> too too high energy for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not a tigger at all. Nope. Um Wow, we should probably just end it there. <laughs> not a tigger. Max is in the other room. Was anyone's favorite character a rabbit? No, the old fuzzy daddy. Mac, who is your favorite? He's like fuck them all. I liked the cartoon. I yeah. actually really liked an episode of the cartoon where Piglet goes to the land of milk and honey, and I used to watch that over and over again. So maybe Piglet. Have
0: you seen the like the live action one that just came out? No. Someone at my work was trying to tell me it was super good. I was creeped out by the bear in the pre in the trailer.
1: I kind of want to see it just because Ewan McGregor's in it. Sure. And that's good enough reason for me. And he doesn't have a mustache, unlike that Beatrix Potter movie. <laughs> no way am I seeing that. Well, maybe. <laughs> but I haven't seen it yet, because I saw and McGregor had a mustache, and I went, no thank you. I do not want that in my life. Sure. Fair. I've heard those Paddington Bear movies are really good. I've heard that too. So, there you go. Let us know. If you like those. Should we watch those? Also, we would like... I saw that word, really weird. <laughs> also, also, we would love to hear stories of your favorite hero dog or Hi. other hero animal.
0: Yeah, it, we will probably do more of these little mini episodes about hero dogs. Um, they're called popcasts, <laughs> and we will. So if you have a request <laughs> for a hero dog you would like us to cover, or maybe a hero cat. Yeah. There's be those around there. Like hero a Hero lizard. Dribble. Let hero Sugar hero Lizard? You think there's
1: <laughs> many hero lizards? I don't know. I never heard of fucking Balto. There's a well, lot about the universe I don't that's know. That's your problem. And Travis's problem. Yes, yeah, both your problems. You were outvoted until very recently. <laughs> well, obviously we give hero dogs five out of five Robert Stacks. Yeah, that's going to be the end of every so. one of these. <laughs> well, you know what's great? It's dogs. like
0: that Twitter dog rates account where they give all of the dogs more than ten out of
1: ten. But did you read that article about that guy? No. Where he was like, my life is so hard. Sometimes they have to tweet five times a day. What? And that's like his job. <laughs> How I, could my life be tweeting five times? <laughs> he has to make so much money. I know. And so I shouldn't have read that article because it ruined it for me. Oh, okay. Because now I'm just picturing this guy being like, ugh. I have
0: to tweet uh, about dogs again.
1: <laughs> I hate being a white man. Why does the world oppress me? So if only I could come up with one more cute thing to say about a dog. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty bad. Oh my god, Lenny, do you want to say goodbye to everybody? Oh! <laughs> That's the end of the podcast, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye.